Welcome, friends, to random number 127. That's right, 127 episodes of this wonderful, beautiful, worthy ship that we've created over the years. I'm Ox, that's Luke over there, and tonight we're going to be discussing the finale to Watchmen, uh, episode 6 of Mandalorian, 6 Underground on Netflix, In Fabric, The Farewell, and The Jumanjis 1 and 2. Did you get everything watched on the list? No, Luke. What did you not watch? Does it matter? It certainly does. No, because you're just going to yell at me. It's Jumanji, wasn't it? I didn't see Jumanji 2 because the first one sucks really bad. But you watched the first one? I watched the first one. Fair enough. I'll give you a pass then. Uh, Because the second one's very much like the first. Oh, I'm fucking shocked. (laughs) <laughs> um fuck it let's start there uh what didn't you like about the first one everything <laughs> i am <laughs> let me just apologize up front um i figured you enjoyed a kind heart light-hearted romp and i know you expressed your reasoning for not watching this is because you didn't want Karen Gillan destroyed, which I'm guessing that's distorted a little now, isn't it? That's not true at all. I said, I love Karen Gillan, and she can't even get me to watch that movie. That's all I oh. said. Oh, okay. I figured it was going to be another bad grandpa situation where uh, I just fucking shot in the dark and missed big time, which seems like it did. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's one, one. That movie should not be two hours long, sir. Not at all. Uh, it doesn't feel like it once you get into it and you're just having fun. It, you're just having it, fun it, with your group of friends playing this video game. And two, it's bullshit. There's, like, <laughs> if, if you're gonna make a movie about someone in a video game, give me rules. Make it video game-esque and play with that. And they don't. Outside of being like, oh, it's an NPC. It can only say two lines of dialogue. It doesn't do anything with, like level design or trying to break around it or understanding the fundamentals of video games so it's just boring it's just like we can't do a video we can't do a board game again i guess let's update it to video games um you're wrong Mm-mm. i'm very right and then like uh, <laughs> as weird as weird as it is like the rock can do so many things except- <laughs> Except believable sexual chemistry with a human being. Like between Oh this boy. And, uh, oh <laughs> man. Uh, I maintain that the Fu- Fast and Furious series is the only thing I have an enjoyable time watching The Rock. Oh uh, boy, the second one is very much the same. And <laughs> Uh, they so they have Danny DeVito playing The Rock, and The Rock doing his best Danny DeVito impression. Oh man! While like... it's while it's funny for the first hour, maybe hour and a half, it gets really draining. Well, well again, that movie shouldn't be over an hour and a half. So what the fuck are they thinking? <laughs> and two, like, like I'd seen the trailer and I was like, oh no, The Rock's doing voices. They have nothing. They just they got nothing. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, the second one, if you like the first one, I highly recommend the second one. It's just a fun little stupid movie. Um, you kind of turn your brain off for a couple hours, but they deal with issues of humility. And, like, I guess I really haven't seen that before. Um, we get the, we've had the case over the last couple years for sure, especially with Lady Thor in the comics, and everybody's been outraged. But, like, Thor's been a woman in the past, and, like, that tends to lead to him gaining humility um, and, and seeing through a, other person's perspectives. Um, and you get some of that in this one, but honestly, honestly, it's just a retread. But the weirdest part about it all? Hmm... All right, I'm going to spoil it because I don't think I think if you're paying attention to this far, I don't think you're really caring about seeing Jumanji. So fuck it. 
Damon, Donald, Mr. Glover, I can't think of his first name. Danny? Um, Danny Glover uh, has, is sick, I believe probably terminal cancer. I can't remember if they actually said it in the, in the, the movie, but <laughs> circumstances happen that causes him to change characters and he becomes the horse from the trailer and lo and behold saves the day because he also turns into a pegasus uh and then when they finally end up winning the level uh he decides to stay in the game because he's 75 year old dying and just learned to fly and i was like oh boy when luke gets to this part whew we're going to have some words, I'm sure. I'm um, glad I didn't get to that part. But I'm glad you never got to that part. Um, yeah. It's just a ridiculous... Rid- Plus, like... I, I, like, I don't know. It's it's a flawed movie, and I get, like... <laughs> it's for kids, whatever. Like, none of it makes any sense, and it's dumb, and I hate it. Like, at what point, like... So the guy steals the fucking jaguar eye, Jewel, and that gives him dominion over all the animals. But when he loses it, why don't they have control over the animals? Because now they're in possession of the stone. Makes no sense. How does he still have a horde of animal army? It's not how shit works. <laughs> Listen, you need to suspend your belief just a little bit and just enjoy the ride. No, this would be um, about children being sucked into a video game. Should be true to life. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's basically the same thing, so... You're not missing much, especially if you didn't like the first one. So, do do they ever explain, or do they just wave it away? Like they destroy it at the end of the first movie. How is there still a video game? Uh, so he went back and saved it and was working on it, like trying to get it to rework, and like it just it was broken, and that's why it sucked him back in. Is that why he? Uh, is that what he did to? assuage his guilty conscience after he knocked his sister's head off? <laughs> a little bit. Um, but it's... Hmm. <laughs> they give so much more story about their their actual lives in out of game to give them motivations to go into the game. And it's just so dumb. Uh, apparently he's just uh, depressed that he lives in New York now. And can't make a uh, long distance relationship work with what's her name. Uh, that's how much I care about these characters. <laughs> um, and like, it's so ridiculous when that. But the second movie does, we get more Aquafina. So I was like, oh, we get more Aquafina this weekend. So yeah, There's but that. I'm okay. I'll. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> uh, Oh, man. The Rock playing Danny DeVito when he finds out he can just one-punch person a, a block or so, and then it's just a uh, horde mode of bad guys coming at him. He just keeps punching people and punching, punching. And then uh, Switchblade is his nemesis, and he just fires a rocket launcher at him, mm, killing everybody cool. in the party. Real cool. <laughs> This is so ridiculous. But it does have the best use of Welcome to the Jungle when they're not in the jungle and only plays for 20 seconds. And I was like, that's as much as I can take. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're missing out. Fucking Axl Rose is a genius. <laughs> not true. Not true in the slightest. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, if you like the first one, definitely check out the second. Uh, Colin Hanks even returns for his role. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> Whatever. That was so dumb. Like, and then, like, yeah, fuck that. It's not. It's, <laughs> he's trapped in the video game for twenty years, but when it spit him out, he's still a kid. Stupid. And then it rewrites fucking history. That's dumb. Makes no sense. You don't know that it didn't turn into a board game after he got get sucked in the next time, because I'm sure <laughs> they're gonna make a franchise out of this now. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'd love to, except, like, 
I was mildly interested because, like, I watched Jack Black's, like, weekly videos. And, like, he's the reason I see these movies. And I really like the, the chemistry Kevin Hart and Rock have. I just wish they utilized it better. But, yeah, that's Jumanji's. Go see him. Jumanji, if you, no, don't. If you choose. Don't, don't. Definitely go see him because it's a great franchise and you should jump on board. <laughs> like I'm, I'm like, I was blown away that that first one made over a billion dollars, and then I watched it and I was like, "What the fuck? How? How did this happen?" Uh, the even more crazy perception to that is like they released it during Last Jedi, and Last Jedi was just making fucking cat hand over fist cash, and Jumanji still seem to be a blockbuster and now they're doing it again releasing it against Star Wars 9 so whatever they're like we got that sweet sweet Jumanji cash means they're the <laughs> fucking space wizards I hope Jumanji 2 outdoes Star Wars this weekend just because Star Wars fans are idiots <laughs> I agree with all of that <laughs> so talking Star Wars uh, let's talk Mandalorian episode six, and I feel like we're back in that great groove. Uh, I feel like I got out of that groove last week or episode five, and like the same thing happened when I was reading Hawks Pox uh, a couple months back. Is like I can see where or how they're making the story, and like I I want more of it. But I'm just, I took I took myself out of the situation and like out of the moment, and now I'm back in that moment, and I'm just like I'm just happy to be in this moment with these awesome characters, especially Baby Yoda just running around the ship, fucking playing hide and seek with whatever droid. Yeah, <laughs> I saw somebody was like, I can't wait until the season finale when you find out fucking. Baby Yoda has the voice of the baby from Roger Rabbit. Just like a 50-year-old man. <laughs> I will fucking hate that. And it'd be the appropriate Star Wars thing to do, I suppose. I don't know. <laughs> I, I liked this episode. Um, but I felt like... <sighs> Again, I don't know if that's the problem. But like the show's still not doing anything yeah we're just getting these little like one and done little stories which is fine i suppose but instead of like overloading this episode like it was like 45 and i still felt to kind of rush some of it like i felt like this mm-hmm. could have been like a two-part episode you know like we could have built you know you could have cliffhanger with him getting thrown in locked in and then built and done a little more with another episode or even if you give me two like 30 minute episodes just yeah. let it breathe a little more yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, it's weird, too, that it seems like the Rebel Alliance is the galactic force now. Well, it's the Republic. The The, the Rebels are always the Republic. Okay. Like, when the X-Wing showed up to fire on the, the whatever ship at the end, I was like, what? What the fuck just happened here? And I guess that makes sense now. <laughs> yes, because the Empire overthrew the Republic. The Republic became resistance fighters, and now it's the New Republic after they beat the Empire. Okay, now it all now it all clicks. So, uh, it was fun to see Bobby from Sons of Anarchy. Um, was it? Yeah, I mean, I liked everybody that showed up this episode for sure. Um, um there's a part of me that's just like. Uh, Bill Burr, you're so slimy. I can't trust you with anything. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's why he works so well in this role. With the third gun in his backpack. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. There are some almost like narrative inconsistent. Like, those like three three droids or whatever come around the hall and they're like all pinned down and the Mandalorian has to like save them. And then after that, it's just like fucking Clancy Brown's just like body slamming them and they're blowing up. And it's just like, why didn't you guys <laughs> do this in the first fight? Because Bill Burgess was hoping Mando died. 
Mando! Because even fucking Bill Burr shot him, one-shotted the three of them. I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, Elsa and then it was just like, oh, we all take him out. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot that we could actually do this. I think it was cool to to show Mando didn't kill any of them and just locked him up. Um, it's It's weird. Because it feels like he's growing a conscience now that he's taking care of Baby Yoda. Is it? I think it's just weird that I saw fucking Clancy Brown's alien demon get fucking slammed into two doors. He should not be alive. <laughs> I don't care for all you Listen, you took a flamethrower to the face. What, how are you going to kill that guy? You're not. <laughs> By smashing him in a door. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. Um, but yeah, it is just a fun little romp, and I feel like that's just all these are gonna be. So, I'm good with that. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. They had some really cool fucking shots, like the strobing effect as Mando was walking up on Bill Burr. I was like, damn, that's a nice shot. <laughs> yeah, it definitely played around with like horror iconography and that shit of like him. It reminded me of like, uh, uh, Batman Begins when he first comes I, out of Batman. I feel now I see what you're saying. If they gave it two episodes and like let it breathe, like was able to stretch that horror out a little bit more, I feel like you definitely would have been down to trot for all of it. So, yeah, but yeah, don't say that. That's weird. Listen, you're making it weird. I was just <laughs> making another horse reference from Jumanji. Um, so jump from there to Watchmen. Um, how did you feel about how it wrapped up? Because I don't think uh, we have a season two, right? Well, I don't know that they want us. Lindelof doesn't yeah. want another season. I know that. That's fair. Fair you enough. Know, he was just like every idea that us and the writers had was in this season. Like he's like, I have no ideas for a second season. So he's like, if HBO does it and with somebody else, great. He's like, maybe, you know, in a few years, maybe I'll have an idea to come back. He's like, there's nothing now. So for the foreseeable future, this is it. He doesn't necessarily have control if they bring it back. No, HBO still, like, owns it. Warner's, no. Huh. I'll be damned. I figured hearing him that he didn't have any ideas for it, they would just cash it in. But considering how... Great is doing for them. I doubt they will because they're fucking HBO and idiots. Um, but how'd you feel? How'd you feel about how it wrapped up? How did you? You're the one who hates little off endings. Nope, you first. Nope. <laughs> Listen, I retract everything bad I said about Lindelof. He nailed it with this one, and I can appreciate him moving forward. I'm still pissed off at him for Lost, but this has proven that he can actually land it. And seeing that it was uh, Carlton's son that helped him out too, I'm like, well, fuck you guys. I'll I'll pass you both, I suppose. Yeah, you ready to do Lost rewatch now? Up to season five, I'm down. (laughs) I'm down for it anytime you want. There's only five seasons of Lost, because that's six I got in a fight with somebody this weekend. God damn it. That sixth season just is the perfect thing to just fire me up. <laughs> it doesn't take anything more than just mentioning Lost in season six. God damn it. <laughs> you see? You're like, you're angry right now. I know, and I'm trying to reel it back in because Watchmen is so fucking good. It's... It's interesting how they enhanced the source material that's been around for 40 years now. And, like, I don't know. It's just really smart, I guess. It, like, I'll pay it as a compliment. Like, everything that they did took the basis of Watchmen, expunded upon it, and also, like, remade it? Like, in yeah. the end, like, What's what's the Watchmen book about, right? It's it's it starts off as this gritty detective sale <clears throat> story of like uh, a man with you know hidden things in his closets killed and what why and what you know this is noir story and it builds and builds to this 
giant sci-fi world-ending cataclysmic event that they have to stop, which is exactly how the show plays. Starts with this murder of the small man, and it builds to this giant, you know, we're going to steal the power of God to reshape the world storyline. Like, it functions as a sequel and, like, a a remake at the same time. It's interesting. But also that, it also feels very much like a a mirrored effect where you get Rorschach dying at the end of the comic and you get fucking Dr. Manhattan dying at the end of this. And like, there's such crazy parallels that like saying it's smart doesn't do it justice. Like it's, it's something extraordinary. And I, I really do feel if they get a season two, they're going to mess that all up. Um, like I would just leave it alone because I can't see anybody doing better than what they just did. Yeah, no, it's it's great, and like you could tell it it worked as, and that's probably why it works so well. Is it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Like it's mm-hmm. one self-contained story. Yeah, and like ten minutes into the last episode, like you kind of see how it's all playing out, and you're like fuck we barely have enough time for everything to happen and like how they pull it off so well is just mind-boggling god yeah, you like, get fucking like you get to see dr manhattan actually feel you hear him talk the say the words last episode but like you feel it this one and like it's so insane and like everything falling into place, and like <laughs> the fucking statue of Vet we've seen throughout was him actually. And like, I still don't know what landed that true found. It was the ship. Oh, was it the ship? <clears throat> it was the ship carrying him back from Jupiter. Okay, that's what I figured, but considering how it showed up on Jupiter, I figured it would have landed the same there, but... Huh. Just so fucking good. And, like, damn. (laughs) To have everything set in place throughout the episodes for the finale, like, the ending conclusion, and that, for the most part, gets away with it, and then he gets fucking the handcuffs cuff slapped on him and like so game good and yeah but like thematically it all ties too. like the yeah. whole idea that the problem was he never got the recognition he wanted and now he's going to be known for this you know like it will be out yeah. there he will always be remembered not the way he wanted to be but he will always be remembered for doing mm. that and it's just and I love that all of this took place fucking blocks away from her bakery that she'd set up and she had her fucking sister night stuff there and like they just roll off in her car because like fuck they gotta get out of there well what i really what i really liked about it was um you know if you go back to uh the original text you know like you know when vite pulls off his plan and you know he he's talking to Manhattan and he's like, you know, it's, it all worked out in the end. And he's like, nothing ever ends. And you see in this, like the parallels of like, to quote another HBO show, like time is a flat circle. Everything kind of happens again. And it's the same thing. And all these events coalesce, you know, like the season starts with Will in the theater with his family as the, Tulsa's destroyed, you know, and taking down this section of Tulsa and the riots. And then you come full circle to now in this episode, it ends with him back in that same theater with his new family. And as opposed to the blacks being massacred in, you know, the attack on Black Wall Street, it's the Seventh Calvary and all these white supremacists being erased and the destruction to the city. It parallels exactly back to the beginning of the season. Mm hmm. God damn it. It's just so good. Like, god damn. Like, I talked a little about the mirror. Like, I've been talking to people, like, the last couple hours because um, 
can't remember what the the episode title for the fifth episode, but it's the one with Looking Glass, and like, it seems like the first half mirrors the second half perfectly. Even that episode, you you start with the betrayal that he is when he's young, and ends with the betrayal of him and his friend, um, when she has to take nostalgia pills. Like, it's just so wickedly smart. Like. I really want to rewatch this series in like a couple weeks just from start to finish and see other little details that I'm, I pick up along the way too. Cause so damn good. Yeah, it really is. Um, what's weird is like, I don't think like, like I'm not as excitedly talking about this episode as I was like episode six or anything, but like I felt that just cause the show was written so well that there mm-hmm. was nowhere else it was going except to the conclusion you get here. So it might feel mm-hmm. semi anticlimactic. That's fair. Um, it, man, when he, <laughs> when he teleported the three away and left a bar there and was like, uh, why'd you leave me? And he's like, I just don't want to die alone. Like, he knows it's coming, and he can't do anything to stop it, and all he wants... And then, like, I'm like, we're not even gonna get the moment where he says he loves her. And, like, that's the moment I wanted. And then we get it, and I was, like, fucking completely finished. Like, this series is fucking great. So. Yeah, and, and then, then we... even the show's still smart enough to, like, condemn him you know and just be like you know he was a a great lovely man but he could have done more you know it's the critique that manhattan's always been this very um he doesn't have a lot of agency as a character a lot of what he does Mm -hmm. is like well i'm gonna go to vietnam because i know you're gonna ask me to go to vietnam and i'm gonna you know it's just like i because he lives everywhere all at once it was so smart how they did everything too and like um, calling back to the white white knight, right? Where they killed the cops. Mm-hmm. And, like, he was teleported because, like, he just fired off his powers without knowing it. And, like, that's how they found him. And, like, all this was set up by True, who was an actual very fucking worthy adversary to her father, who turns out. Um, I was, like, let her fucking get his powers and see what she can do with them. And then when fucking Adrian starts his dog, he's like, well, she's not going to fucking do shit more than fucking Dr. Manhattan does because she's a fucking narcissist that only wants to be praised for helping out and shit because it takes one to know one. And I was like, God damn it. So good. Yeah. But then you um, also see the parallel of like, Vite got away with his plan because no one knew about it until he had done it. Whereas she's like, I want you to bear witness to what I'm going to do. And that, you know, that was her downfall at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, it was cool that Looking Glass kind of gets that realization that all this has been faked and like kind of gives him closure too. Um, and then in the end, fucking Silk Spectre gets to bring him in and like, did Night Owl die in Watchmen, or did he just like quietly pass away? Oh, he's he's in jail. Oh, that's right, that's right. Um, so like she gets her vengeance a little bit for what happened to Rorschach. It feels like too. So I don't know. It's all so good. Like check out Watchmen for sure if you haven't at this point because it's so fucking good. Um, so let's jump from there. Um, and talk about how great Six Underground was. What? What like was it? that? No, Six God, no. Fucking awful. <laughs> Listen, total Michael Bay film. Um, there's not much substance. It's just flashy fucking action shots for two hours. Oh my God, the fucking <laughs> two hours. Dude, when like... When the car, the opening car chase hit like minute eighteen, I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> one of the last tweets, like, I one of my friends is actually live tweeting as it, and like, before we fired off, 
And they got to 20 minutes. They're like, 20 minutes in. We're still getting a fucking car chase. And fucking, they're almost killing puppies and shit. It's like, oh, fucking Michael Bay, you got a lot of work ahead of you. And it's like, oh. I can't wait to get back to that thread to see how demoralized they are by the end of it. Oh, my God. It's just like, <clears throat> I saw somebody referring to it as like, he just throws explosions at you until you're drooling and numb and just dead inside. And that's <laughs> how, like how it feels. And it's so weird after like seeing so many the show. Like it feels like he's very one note director, obviously. Um, but having pulled in this vast knowledge over these three years of doing this show and like watching everything under the sun like it's disappointing in myself uh when i was like we gotta see this because i'll give him uh, a little olive branch of hope um but no i mean you've seen one michael bay movie you've seen them all and Son of a bitch. It's it's just weirdly weird um, not seeing somebody with the ability to make cool shit never grow and just be alright doing the same thing over and over. It's just... It's just but tough. also, Ryan Reynolds is so fucking entertaining. So I no, really not. didn't have a he's problem with so him. He's so annoying. And I loved him. No. <laughs> Like, oh my god, he's so, like, belligerently annoying that, like, I just wanted to vomit. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was the movie. Um, no, it felt like it. just a loser's movie, but with more and explosions. Like, except even that, just, <laughs> even that doesn't make any sense. Like, at least the losers was, like, you know, this, like, operative team who was double-crossed and had to go into hiding, and they're almost like a a more mature-rated A-team, right? You know, this team mm. who's been burned and whatever. This is literally just a guy who's just like... <laughs> I don't even understand, like, the, the like, intent behind No motivation. It, no motivation as, and just a very flat note, like, bar- the barest bones of motivation to do anything. Because, <laughs> like, what's nuts is, like, the, the most I can take away from, like what the story seems to be and like what they're saying is just like rich people can save us if we let them but if we don't they need to go take it into their own hands and do it because rich people are the best like that's all I took from the movie bingo Elon Musk I'm waiting for you to put together a strike force (laughs) and it's just like oh my god it's so dumb and it's so bad and like I think it's like almost a little gross that you know like it's about this dictator who uses chemical weapons on his own people like we see Assad doing in Syria all the time and it's just like no he's just like a, a standard bad guy who throws parties on his yachts and the good the good rich Americans have to come stop him and it's just like <laughs> I don't know you should be doing this guy and then like they're like fomenting a coup and like doing a government overthrow which America has a long history of doing usually not to good effect but it's all rah rah and awesome in this movie and it's also and as far as I can tell the entire reason it happens is because like the dictator ruined Ryan Reynolds press op like he just wanted to take some picture carrying water and be done 100% 100% and like and then and then you get to the end, and it's just like, hey, that girl I fucked back then? Oh, God, she has a kid. I have it. And I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> uh, but also, I had sex with her once. Uh, met that dictator that tried killing me. Uh, who remember, remembers me four years later? Because we had a 10-second conversation. Um, and I was in love with her and crashed a plane. To fake a... death. Because they all have to fake their own deaths for why? No reason. Like, <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah. Oh, and uh... also, I haven't even got to the fact that, like, <laughs> fuck Michael Bay for trying to make parkour cool again. Because, like, that shit died Oof. 10 years ago. Oof. It's just like, 
just feels like he had all these ideas written down. And it was like, I can make, I can turn this into a movie. So, man, that parkour is re- real rough to watch. Oh, my God. A lot of it's real rough to watch. Yeah. Most of it is. <laughs> but totally enjoyable if you just put it in the background and don't give it him. Mm. <laughs> nope, not at all. Disagree. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so let's go on to some actual good movies. Um, and let's start with The Farewell. Uh, how'd you like that? Um, I did like it. I just don't know that like it was the movie I expected it to be, I guess. 100% on the same page with you. It was... I feel like it was sold as like they were gonna have this celebration and like celebrate her life and like she was in on it but like they she didn't want her family to know and like nope not the case it's just a westerner struggling with the ideas of their culture from the old way and like how they do things now still to this day but then like dealing with the fact you know that like she has to grapple with maybe this would make sense to her if she hadn't been pulled from this environment when she was young and you know, dealing with like how little she actually knows about her own culture and the people around her who should be the closest to her. Like, there's a lot of like really resonant thematic stuff in it, and a lot of it's really, really good. Like, I, you know, was choked up a few times. Like, I think emotionally, and the actors get a lot of stuff across really it's well. It's really, it's really a crazy movie to watch after the firestorm we watched last week and like this is very subtle but yet just as heavy as those ones were oh yeah for sure and like just uh, man you just feel the uh heartbreak in the in all their acting and and voices and shit it's like just so wild yeah and like Oh man, dude! Like the end when, uh, like, she was saying goodbye to him, put him in the taxi. Oh, because on one hand, you know, she's just like, it's this family that she doesn't see a lot. You know, the the grandmother. You know, knowing she has to get get them out. You know, it's they have their own lives; they need to go on, and that's hard for her. And then everyone else dealing with the fact that they know she's dying, and this is them yeah. saying goodbye to her forever. How the uh, the interesting thing to me is like her sister's been taking care of her, whatever. And, like, at this point, she's been taking care of her for one year, I think. Um, And, like, they had the diagnosis, like, three months prior to, like, this these, these events. And, like, at the end of the movie, it shows, like, she's been living her best life for six years. But, like, that means they had to tell her at some point. And, like... <laughs> That to me weirds me out because, like, what if by making this movie made her realize that she has cancer and, like, the thing that they worry about telling why they don't tell them is, like, now she's gonna die from it because now she's worried about having it? <laughs> so, Could you so imagine fucking... being the one who's like, <coughs> who had the fake marriage? And then I'd be like, six years on, be like, I dumped that girl five years ago, and grandma's still alive. so yeah it's it's wild ride for sure Uh, especially considering like uh race or uh crazy rich asians and like this this feels like the exact opposite of that movie yes Um, it's so crazy uh but yeah, I think it is really done, really well done. Um, the lady that actually had cancer actually played herself in the movie. Um, not, not for the extended periods, but like she was the younger version of herself, like for a scene. Oh, but yeah. So it's just crazy uh, the whole happenstance of it, but. Life goes on. It's it's crazy that to think that like maybe excluding that negativity in your life would help you live longer and like 
Maybe there's something to that. But like also mm. also she invites all of this or like her family brings all this negativity to her and then she does start progress or uh regressing and like having worse fucking health. Um and then they get worried. Could you imagine if her daughter would have stayed and and then just had to been there for six years? It was like, man, when are you gonna kick the goddamn bucket? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it was really smart, and uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's it's weird because it's definitely not the movie I was expecting for sure. Um, I don't. I'm trying to imagine seeing it in theaters. Like, I know we were both trying to see it when it was around, but we just kind of make it happen. But, man, it definitely wouldn't have been anything I would have been expecting for sure. Yeah. But really well done. So, also, yeah. also comparing this to uh, Abominable, where, like, they're both dealing with heavy losses. Um,. In just different lenses. And it's really cool to see all of this coming from, like, that side of the world and that culture. Um, sure, but we don't talk about children's films here, so stop it. Yeah. <laughs> also, going back to Six Underground, why the fuck were they surrounded with the Day of the Dead? Is that something they celebrate there? I was like, I was still fucking, they reference Coco? I was like, what are we doing here? Like, oh my none God. of that shit makes sense. <laughs> The fucking scene where the fucking one dude's like high on nitrous and he's just quoting movies for like yeah. 10 minutes straight. It's the worst. It gave me cancer. <laughs> but yes, like it's weird that this fictional, what to me feels like, you know, like this Middle Eastern country is obsessed with the Mexican Day of the Dead. Uh, so really weird uh but uh farewell is really good you should definitely check it out um and then on to the final one for tonight uh in fabric and where did you find this one uh i find stuff all the time it just happens i know things um but i would kindly like you to explain to me what happens in this movie because this movie is fucking weird oh also an A24 production, uh, The Farewell is the only, or the first A2- A24 that was PG-13. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it was in the trivia facts. <laughs> <laughs> but In Fabric is fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, yep. It feels like, it feels uh, very much like Suspiria. It definitely has that mood to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it um, definitely, it has like the 70s Italian giallo feel. That's what they're going for, but... <sighs> Man, I got nothing. But that's my take on this. It's you got a killer dress. Literally <laughs> a killer dress. And yeah. that, uh, it's not terrifying until you think about it. And then it's like, man, I hope my fucking clothes don't attack me in the middle of the fucking night. Like the fucking shots of the dress just st- standing over them as they they're sleeping. I was like, motherfucker, what is going on? <laughs> But also, I can't look away because I'm so intrigued by what's happening here. Yeah, like, it wasn't, like, that was weird. Like, when the the witch salesperson is just, like, headbanging and the dresses in the <laughs> closet just going back and forth was really weird. But it literally has one of the most disturbing scenes I've seen in years. Where, like... You're talking about the uh, sales clerk? Guy? Jerking off? No, jerking, jerking off. off to the ma- the mannequin. The the bleeding mannequin. The mannequin that has a full vagina that's bleeding. <laughs> Fucking weird, man. Uh, I was half so expecting weird. it to be like House of Wax style, and like these are the people that have wore the dress, and like they've turned into mannequins. Um, no, man. instead they're. You see the people who had the dress have <laughs> are using their blood to make more dresses. It's so oh, weird. I didn't I've... see they were using blood to make it. Oh shit. Well, like the string was going into their arm and it was coming out the string was coming out of their arm and that's what they were sewing the dresses Son with. of a bitch. Like this movie is so goddamn creepy and it's <laughs> so goddamn fascinating. 
Like, I literally got that. I was like, I fucking threw it out to like 10 fucking horror people that I was like, if you haven't seen this shit, you gotta get on this train. Because, goddammit, it, it's so weird it, and so cool. <laughs> it's so weird, is the thing. Because, like, I assume the only kind of like through line I could see is like they're they're making a critique about consumerism. You know, the <laughs> way that like the people are lined up outside this this department store and they're like being like summoned in almost like you know like this cult initiation but like it's just fucking weird like nothing like when the bosses <laughs> pull her into the office and they're just like pete has a problem with your handshake and you waved as mistress mistress i think he's gonna fire you i'm like wait what what's happening here? <laughs> oh man it's so there's so much i like that I, I'm weirded out that I like about this movie. Like, like the fucking the sales lady, the way she talks to everybody, like, <coughs> you see her with a, an actual pitch to the lady who gets it, gets the dress first. And, like, it's so, it's, it's so beautifully written, and, like, she's, like, saying all the right words, and it's like, fuck yeah, I'll buy this, I'll buy this dress. Fuck yeah, and like he gets sold to like some fucking thrift shop and like some other like other side of the tracks lady gets it through via her husband wearing it for the for a stag night or a bachelor party, whatever. Um <laughs> and like she goes into the, the big sale and she's just talked down to it forever but like there's rules and regulations and like customers always write bullshit and like the way she talks to her and like so good um yeah but but then none of it makes any sense and it's just like the the her husband's a washing machine repairman who like goes into this like trance that makes people orgasm when he's explaining how washing machines work Man, it's a lot of weird, but I highly recommend you getting up on this weird train uh, because, boy, I was not expecting any of it. <laughs> I like that was the first thing I was like, I have to know where you found this and like who recommended this to you because that person's on a watch list now. <laughs> I don't know. I just know when movies are coming out. I saw a trailer for it months ago. I don't remember. Huh. So weird. Um, yeah, it's super weird. I don't think I liked it. But like, it's super fucking weird. I can't say I've seen anything like it. Yeah. Yeah. And fucking, like, Gwendolyn Christie's in it for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, the the different angles it takes like it's it's attracted to masturbation or shit like that oh like, so much kind of like the clerks are but also it wants to kill everything <laughs> dude like that scene when like it cuts to like the college age kid with a drawing of his girlfriend's butthole spread and he's just jerking <laughs> off to it and I'm like yeah was a, there's a lot in this movie for sure, but god damn it, if it wasn't just w- too weird for me not to like, it's so fucking weird. And also, you but can't like, wash this dress because it'll just tear a fucking washing machine apart. <laughs> All I can, like, I found a fucking gif of when somebody would throw a brick in a washer and like it just shakes itself to death. I was like, that's what the dress is. So, like, that's how I've been recommending it to people is just throw, sh- throwing this washer machine tearing apart gif. And, like, you should check this out because this gif will make sense afterwards. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> but, yeah, it's fucking awesome. Go, so go watch it. Also, we watched the uncut version. I don't know if that makes any difference, but definitely see the uncut version because I can't imagine what the regular version would be. Well, I'm like, sure it's not the bloody pussy scene. Because, <laughs> like, I looked at both the unrated and the regular, and they're only a minute difference. So I was like, 
I bet you it's the jerk off in the blood bloody vagina. It has to be. <laughs> For sure. Which, which means watch the unrated because that's fucking so disturbing. Like, oh my god. Like he has to get like consent before he does it too. And I'm just like, what is happening? <laughs> I'm so fucking weirded out. <laughs> so fucking weird. But so awesome. Go check it out for sure. Uh, so <laughs> then what we got for next week then? We got obviously uh, Star Wars 9. Mm-hmm. Mandalorian. And, mm-hmm. Uh, and what you got? You making noises. What you got? Well, there's something coming out this weekend. And I can't. Oh, Witcher. Yep. Because you've, you've played the games, right? Uh, I've played one of the games. Okay. So I'm coming out with complete blind, so you're going to be my guiding force in that one for sure. I will do my best, sir. <laughs> so what else we got? Well, um, I think that's, you know, you know, pretty much it, you know, Star Wars, Witcher, Mandalorian. It's a good chunk. You want to do uh, Castle Rock too? Yeah, I think it's done now. So, I mean, I only okay. have to watch two episodes. So if you want to finish okay. it, we can do that. I'll burn through it. Uh, also, I'll be wrapping up uh, his dark materials and recommending the second season because I'm sure it'll wrap up awesome. And uh, I mean, like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, Cats does come out this weekend. Too. Fuck no! Listen, I'm for the last month. I've been trying to talk myself into it. Like, you know what? Maybe it's not. Maybe, maybe it's in fabric. Kind of weird that I'll just be all right with it. And it's just like. I get to a point, it's like, no, I remember fucking Mowgli and how those stupid cat faces looked. And, like, I just can't handle that. <laughs> Have the you seen the trailer? Faces. Yeah. It's and, awful. Like, it's it's so really bad. bad. Like, when everybody was outraged, I was like, everybody's just blowing this out of proportion. And, like, I watched it in theaters, like, a month ago, and I was like, wow, I can't believe that somebody... I don't know how this got made. I don't know how this got greenlit. Nope. I got nothing. Who wants to see cat people being cats? Like, And why do the cat people have clothes? I don't understand it. I'm upset with myself knowing, did, not knowing that this was the premise for this fucking Broadway play growing up and I was so mystified by <laughs> Now I'm pissed off at my earlier years. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely not cats. Uh, hmm. If you see cats, I'll see cats. I'll let you know. I have to work this weekend. That's a, <laughs> That's a real fucking gamble on my behalf. <laughs> Oof. I don't like how I threw that out there. But yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about fucking Star Wars for a half hour for sure. So, Oh, at, at least. Because either it's going to be really good or it's going to piss me off and I'm going to go on a rant. So there's no in-between. I feel that's the case. And it's JJ directing this one, right? Yeah. And he either played it safe and reround on everything Ryan Johnson did or leaned into it. And if he fucking undid it, I'm going to burn the fucking Star Wars world down. <laughs> so if he did, I'm going to show up and be like, well, at least you have Mando and that's fun. And I'll let you rant for a half hour. <laughs> but Fair. if you leaned into what Ryan Johnson did, I was like, "All right, I'll be here for that for sure." So it'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah. So watch all that shit and come back and tell us if cats, if you like cats, and we should see it because we're not going to see it for sure. <laughs> all right, peace, pineapple, all that good stuff. Talk to you later. Bye. Later. <laughs>